now we are going to talk to uh, President Cecil Roberts. He is the president of the International United Mine Workers Union. Uh, Brother Cecil, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I really appreciate it. Much for having me. And by the way, thank you very much for what you're doing. Absolutely. It is it is our pleasure. Uh, we have been able to talk to lots of good people, including your members down here. Um, it, it, it has been absolutely a pleasure. Well, it's so, been a pleasure working with you. I'm glad. I'm glad. So, you know, Cecil, we talked on, or, or we didn't talk, you spoke at the Mine Workers Rally. You spoke at the Mine Workers Rally on... Um, on a uh, uh, Wednesday night, and you talked about how um, you talked about how there are uh, how this strike is really the company's fault, and how they had five years to uh, bargain with you, to negotiate with y'all, to negotiate with their workers who sacrificed so much for the company. Can you go over that for us? Because a lot of people are going to hear y'all walked off the job and y'all are, uh, y'all are on strike right now and, and they, the, you know, they don't understand why it's necessary. Talk to us about how, I mean, this really is not, it, it, it's not hyperbole to say this is completely on the company, right? There's no question about it. I could, if I could walk you from 2016 to present real quick, that would be helpful, I think. Uh, to, can, can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Yes, we can hear you great. Okay, so, so we, uh, we, we've looked, taken a look at what these workers have given up and or the community, uh, mainly the workers, obviously. And it's over, uh, it's about $1.1 billion over the last five years. In concessions to this company, I think it would. It's important to make a couple points here. First of all, we've been in Alabama, we the United Mine Workers, for a hundred years. Warrior Met has been in Alabama five years. It has been forty years since there's been a major strike by the United Mine Workers in Alabama. It's been five years since. Warrior Met showed up, and now we're on strike. It's not just the concessions that this company has imposed as a result of this bankruptcy in 2016. It's also the hours they force these workers to work. They practically live in this, these coal mines. They have fewer days off than what other workers have that are unionized in not only Alabama, but anywhere in the United States. They make less money than other unionized miners across the United States. They pay more for health care out of their pockets than any other unionized coal miners in the United States. So we've got a combination of things here. The workers have had to pay more money out of their pocket for their health care. They lost the 1974 pension plan uh, five years ago. They lost retiree health care five years ago. I think it's important to note, when this company took over, 2,500 former employees of Jim Walter Resources, who they worked for previously and operated these mines previously, lost their health care in the bankruptcy court. In addition to that, the failure to pay into this 1974 pension plan put at risk 80,000 retirees across the United States pension plan. Who saved the health care? The UMWA and our members. Who saved the pension plan? The UMWA and our members by going to Congress in a show of force and rallies all over the country. And so many of our retirees in Alabama participated in those demonstrations in St. Louis and Charleston, West Virginia, and Columbus, Ohio, and Henderson, Kentucky, and Washington, D.C., in front of the Capitol. We had 10,000 people on the, in front of the Capitol uh, in 2016. We had 13,000 people in Columbus, Ohio, and 10,000 people in Charleston, and 10,000 on several occasions in St. Louis. Over 100,000 people felt compelled to demonstrate and fight for what was promised to them. This company has worked these people unbelievable hours in some of the most dangerous mines in North America. These mines are 2,000 feet deep. 
uh, and liberating enormous amounts of methane, and that methane is dangerous. We, we, we call the 2001 explosion at Jim Walters number five is a perfect illustration of that. So working in dangerous conditions, long hours, less pay, more money out of their pocket, and the workers are just not going to take this anymore. See, it wasn't like the UMWA came looking for a strike. I've been president for 25 years, and there hasn't been a major strike in those 25 years. We don't look for strikes, but we're not going to run from one either. It's time for this company to start treating these workers better. And there's an old labor song, and I'd like to just make a point about this. Which side are you on? How in the world could anybody be on the side of this company? Because these concessions that the workers in Alabama have made, that, that money goes in New York now. To these investors from New York and Chicago and all across the country, they don't stay. The money doesn't stay in Alabama. When you put this money in the coal miner's pocket, he goes down and spends that money at the restaurants. He buys trucks. He buys home. And his family spends that money on clothing. His families have a better way of life in Alabama. Not in New York, and that's what the problem is here. These folks came in to a bankruptcy and bought this company out of bankruptcy for a song and now have taken advantage of these workers for five years, and it's time for that to end. That's exactly right, brother. You know, the, um, the, 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 just to put some like hard figures to it, actually, because for the audience to understand, we, we've been speaking to your members down here on strike on this stream for a while. And there's one brother that said he has lost over the last five years of the contract in just lost wages. Uh, when you subtract the difference between what he would have been making under the old contract and what he's been making since the bankruptcy, he said he has lost a hundred and twenty thousand dollars over the last five years. One hundred twenty thousand dollars. All the while, the CEO of Warrior Met, who is the same CEO that uh, that that. Uh, pushed the company into bankruptcy before he did not lose his job and he did not take a pay cut and now he is making more than he ever has. He's making four million dollars a year, um, and and the workers took all of these concessions and and you know he he mentioned that how much he had he's lost over the last five years, but also he said that um, he he said that. He said, or we were talking to his family, and I asked his daughter what it's been like. Um, I asked his daughter what it's been like uh, uh, with her daddy working under this new contract, and she said, well, you know, with him having to work so many seven-day seven weeks, he's not able to coach my basketball team anymore. He used to always come to my games. And that that's what we talked about with these families even more than – $120,000 being lost over five years, which is absolutely not anything to snuff at. That is a lot of money. But, um, you know, the, the not getting time with your family, not getting time with your daughter, your baby girl, baby girl not getting time with her daddy. I mean, that is, you know, listening to them, that was that was heartbreaking. Well, let me let me do a couple other things here. And uh, I've heard a lot of stories just like that. But this company does not recognize Veterans Day as a holiday. Now, what you think about that? You could have a you could have a decorated war veteran working at this company, and they don't get Veterans Day off. And in addition to that, there's three fewer holidays in this collective bargaining agreement that's been, pl been in place there since 2016 in other locations where we have collective bargaining agreements. Uh, and in addition to that, the holidays they do have. They can force you to work on all but about three of those holidays. And I want you to think about that for a moment. It's 4th of July, and everybody else is celebrating the 4th of July, cooking out, uh, going to uh, fireworks demonstrations with their families, and you're up there in the coal mine working. Now, Warrior Matt will say, yeah, but we let them take another day off. Yes, sure. Uh, on the second Tuesday of whatever, you you take the day off, and you're supposed to celebrate the Fourth of July. We're we celebrate the nation's uh, birth that day on that day. We se celebrate uh, Veterans Day on Veterans Day, and we don't uh, designate another day to celebrate either one of those days. In addition to that, it's not just that they don't have as many days off. It's how many hours they are required to work in this mine. These people are working 10 or 12 hours a day. 
six days a week, seven days a week. And that's way too many hours to be spending in any coal mine in the United States. And not having a time off is just astronomical. But just one or two other points if I might. The average person in just working for Warrior Met pays about a dish, about twenty thousand dollars out of their pocket in medical costs. Twenty thousand dollars out of their pockets. We're gonna pick that up on the other side of this break. Cecil, thank you. We'll be right back. We are coming to you in the 24th hour. Adam and I have been up for 24 hours uh, broadcasting on YouTube, fundraising for the uh, mine workers on strike here in Brookwood, Alabama. We have already raised $55,000, over $55,000. If you want to contribute to the strike fund, go to thevalleylaborreport.org. Go to thevalleylaborreport.org and go to our sections and go to mutual aid, and you will be able able to donate there. Uh, we are only $800 away from $56,000. $800 away from $56,000. So let's see if we can't get to fifty six before the end of this broadcast. Cecil, so you uh, we had to cut you off because we were coming up on the break. Uh, you, meant, you, you were saying that they spend, your, 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 your members down here spend $20,000 out of pocket every year on health care. That's the average. Uh, so that's a very accurate number. We 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 put the uh, out-of-pocket cost to twenty thousand dollars per member. There, where we averaged out what they pay. There's a maximum of there's a maximum of seven thousand dollars per family out of their pocket. They went from a hundred percent health care in 2016 to an 80-20 plan with a maximum of seven thousand dollars per family out of their pocket. We we determined. And this is a very conservative number, uh, about uh, four thousand dollars per family out of pocket. So, uh, so when you look at it over five years, that's an average of twenty thousand dollars per family over those five years. In addition to that, they lost ninety-six thousand dollars in pension accruals. They lost two thousand dollars out of four hundred one k plate. The average person lost almost thirty-three thousand dollars in wages. For a total of $151,000 per family, per, per minor, over the life of this contract. And then if you total all this up uh, uh, collectively, that this company took off of the workers themselves at least $48,548,000. In addition to that, they got other breaks that's uh, uh, being relieved from even contributing to the 1974 pension plan. They were relieved of paying for retiree health care. And the union saved both of those, but those are enormous savings for this company. But still yet, they, they, they dig their heels in as tight as they can and act like they're already paying workers too much. And uh, it's a terrible attitude here. They, they need to change. They need to come to bargaining tables here and be fair with these workers. That, I mean, that's absolutely right. You know, the... the um Folks listening to you, like how bad this contract is, they may think, and they may think, well, what's the good in having a union then? And it's important to understand how good the contract was before, how much better it was than this one, and what the circumstances were in accepting that contract. Can you talk about what the conditions were under the old contract and, and why it is that, that y'all felt like you had to take this contract and why you felt like you could trust the company in good, that, that y'all took this contract? in good faith under the condition, under the understanding that they would come in good faith in five years now and give you a better contract? I think we need to go back. I think we need to go back to 2016 when Jim Walters Resources filed bankruptcy. And one of the things your listeners might be interested in is, is that bankruptcy is a horrendous place for workers. Uh, if you don't have a union... Uh, companies can impose anything they want on you to begin with. They can cut your wages. They can cut your health care. They can do away with pension plans. They can just terminate you because you're an employee at will. If you have a union, those things cannot happen to you. However, when Jim Walters went into bankruptcy court, this is what the bankruptcy judge granted them a right to do. And this has happened about 60 times throughout the coal fields here in the last 10 years. Mm. That bankruptcy judge said 
that Jim Walters Resources, this, these are two important words that uh, I, I'm about to use here. They're very simple words. This, these mines can be sold free and clear to anybody who wanted to buy them. What that meant was that this new buyer, which was a, at the time an investment group called Apollo that's notorious across the United States, went into bankruptcy, bought Jim Walters Resources free and clear, two important words there, out of bankruptcy. That meant they could hire anybody they wanted. They did not have to hire a single worker from Jim Walters Resources. In addition to that, that also meant that they lost their union representation. We were no longer the bargaining agent there. We had to, after being here in in Alabama for 100 years, being at Jim Walters Resources since its inception, we had to go back and try to organize whoever they hired. So what we did is what any responsible union would do is try to save the jobs of the people who work there. We convinced this company uh, or, or this investment group that Moyer Met didn't even exist while we were bargaining, if you can imagine that. We were bargaining with the investors, and they agreed finally at the end of the day to hire everybody back and recognize the union if indeed they got the collective bargaining agreement that they now have. So in legal sense here, the bankruptcy judge took everything away, and we had to try to regroup and get back every single thing the bankruptcy judge took away that we had had for years and years and years. We were able to get everybody back to work, kept their seniority under some terrible terms and conditions of employment. So in a sense here, this contract was imposed on the workers and imposed upon the union in order to keep a lot of the things we'd fought for for 100 years. So that's how this all came about. The union didn't voluntarily do this, nor did the workers. The workers did ratify this contract because they were actually ratifying a right to be reemployed at the, by the new owner, and also that the union would be there for the next five years. And what we all agreed to do here five years ago, I'm talking about the workers and the union, we're going to reestablish our right to be here. We're going to get our jobs back here, but we're not going to take this uh, five years from now. And our hopes were, at the time, that this company would come forward at some point in time in this five years. This is the point I made at the rally the other night. They could have corrected a lot of this at any point in time over the last five years, but they chose not to. They did increase wages for certain classifications, uh, primarily of people who were electricians. And other people got a slight right. pay raise. However, the majority of the workforce did not, and they still yeah, lack. Cecil, we're going to have to pick that up on the other side. Stay tuned. Uh, this is the Battle Labor Report. Hello, we have Cecil Roberts on the line. He is the international president of the United Mine Workers of America. Cecil, uh, saw, you know, the time just flies when you're talking about workers' rights. I know you are a busy man. Uh, you're dealing with a strike of 1,100 workers, and you administer, uh, you know, uh, uh, a union for tens of thousands of members across the United States and Canada. So um, I'll, I'll let you wrap up here uh, real quick, and I appreciate your time this morning. Well, let me just make a couple of points. I want to once again thank you and uh, and your team there for what you're trying to do for the workers. I want to point out that every cent raised here doesn't go in our coffers. It goes to the workers who are on strike. We now are paying $350 a, a week in strike benefits, which uh, we believe is the highest strike benefits in the nation, and we're quite proud of that. We've, we're over a million dollars in weekly benefits to uh, these workers. And, uh, we'll soon, and soon we'll probably get $2 million. And one of the things we did is we made the first contribution to this fund that is administered, by the way, by the, by the people on the ground in Alabama for the needs that uh, the weekly benefits don't take care of. But we'll make another $5,000 donation. That's the most I can do individually about board approvals to help you get to the $60,000 uh, number here 
And because uh, all this money is going to a good cause, and I want to thank you and uh, solidarity forever, brothers and sisters. Cecil, thank you so much. So my name is Braxton Wright. Uh, I've been at the mines for 16 years. I'll tell you a little bit more about my story here in a minute. Hi, um, I'm Avery, and um, I'm Hayden Wright, and I am one of the presidents for the Women's Auxiliaries for Number Four, Number Five, Mine Sites, and we've been doing a lot of things, and we can't wait to tell y'all about it. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Jacob will be right back, and uh, I appreciate you catching me. Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> she's sick, and yes. she's six months. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have a friend. Yes, we have a friend. Because there's probably some people listening right now. Right? Yeah. Um, so I'll let Jacob kind of uh, talk to you more in detail about how you got into the mines. Uh, but if you don't mind, maybe take take that off the top. Well, number seven hall has had, which is number 2397, Miss Evelyn Berryhill is their president for their auxiliary. They've been around for 31 years. At number four, we just started up during the strike. We are currently doing the strike pantry for the miners. We have several big things planned on top of that with back to school, helping with Christmas things, because we're in this for the long haul. And we know that all these guys need help, so we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support them. Um, currently, we're doing pickups for donations. We're making bags. We're going out and bringing things to the line when they need it. So we're really active. We're t- spending most of the wives that are with participating in the auxiliary. You're talking about 12, 15 hours a week of time that they're taking out just to be here to help support the guys. Yeah, and that's, that's time that you know may otherwise be spent at home taking care of chores at the house. Right. Right. And we bring our kids. Our kids all play together. So that's great. Um, at the rallies, our kids go and play. We all sit together. We enjoy the rallies. We all come out and support that. And a lot of us do work full time. I personally, I'm a teacher. So. Just for, yes, I see. Um, yes, yes. So like yesterday, finished up at work. We went and did a pickup for the pantry. We met back at the hall. We did bags and a bag pickup last night. Finished up around eight o'clock. We were back out here this morning, seeing what we could do to help. So I think it's important for everybody to see that it's not just the guys out on the lines. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes and support and trying to get donations and trying to bring awareness. Because I think, I know on Twitter, I follow a lot of you, we try to keep everybody kind of updated on what's going on and what we're doing because they need to see it's not men. I think a lot of the problem is, especially in the South, when you think of, when you think of a union, you're just thinking about a bunch of men that are kind of rough, that you're out there on strike and you're going to try to fight the company. Well, yeah, that's a part of it. We're in a fight with Warrior Met. There's no mistake about it. They're not going to give us anything. We've got to earn it. We have to try to take that back. And that's what the union is going to let us do. But the union guys behind them, they have families. There's a lot of people that have young kids. We have several members right now that are expecting. You know, and that's a scary thing to be having a new baby when your insurance has changed over and you're trying to take care of that, when you don't know when you're going to be getting a paycheck. And these guys are still out here fighting, so we need to make sure that the wives and their families are being supported too. So that's the big thing is we want people to see my kids have been out on the line because I've seen some comments on Facebook like, oh, I can't believe they'd have kids at the rally. I can't, I can't believe they have kids out on the line. I'm like, we're a family. I trust... Yes, it is, because this is living history, because what happens here at Warrior Met, all the unions, when their contracts come up, 
Do you think they're not going to pull this one up and say, well, this is what they got away with here? So that's what we need people to see is that what we do here and how we take a stand is setting a standard. We want you to see our kids on the line. And number five, if I was, he was going to go and take my kids, those men would not let anything happen to my babies. At the rallies, those men, nothing's going to happen to my kids. Our kids run around and play. I'm not worried at all about my kids being at a rally. And the community needs to know that, too, that if they want to come out and see us, if they want to come out and bring their kids, hey, they'll go play. We have been peaceful up to this point. We've done everything that we're supposed to do. It's been Warrior Met that hasn't been playing fair, that hasn't been being peaceful. He's going to go get her a bottle. Well, th- thank you so much for that. Because there is a community. Right. You know, we use that word to refer to a location. Right. But it's, it's more than that. It's a real deep connection between right. people that we've witnessed since we've been here just right. since yesterday morning. Uh, the families, the friends, the random, you know, supporters just stopping by wanting to know how they can help. And I think that is just so tremendous. It speaks to the struggle that you guys are undertaking. It speaks to the relationships y'all built. And it's uh, what we see, need to see more of here in Alabama to, to know that your struggle impacts everyone else. Right. Here in this community and across this state. And as you, you said, it, it's going to set a precedent for all these other upcoming fights, whether specifically with the coal miners. Right. But you know what? With other contracts, too, and other industries, too. Exactly. because. As you guys rise or as you guys fall, that that either yep. you know it drags up or drags down other workers and other industries right here in this area. Right, and that's also glad with some of the shows that y'all did yesterday because I know when I've worn some of my no contract, no coal shirts, my UMWA shirts to work because I leave straight from work a lot of times. A lot of my high schoolers, they didn't even know what a union was. Mm-hmm. D- did you hear me talk about that yesterday? Yes, I was listening. We were listening. We were at the pantry. They had no idea. And then the new strike was, or what a picket line was. I had no idea. I had no idea when I was 18 years old. Uh, when I was 18 years old, coming out of high school, I had no idea what a picket line was, what a union was, anything about it. Yeah, and see, most of our kids in this area, they're wanting to go into trade jobs. Well, if we're not teaching them at some point what a union is and what that can do for them, what's it going to be like in 20 years when I have all these students out in the workforce and they have a boss? They decide, say, we're not going to pay you $18 an hour anymore. We're going to pay you 12 If they don't have any backing, that they don't know that You're they could have unionized, the they could organize, why they need to join the union. And Jacob Morrison. All right, folks, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. I'm doing, basically doing live sound checks as I'm talking. Um, you know, so, uh, so folks, my name is Jacob Morris and I'm here with my co-host and fellow agitator, uh, Adam Keller. David Story is on barbecue duty today, uh, and all day yesterday. He put on a 24 hour smoke for us. We'll talk to y'all about that in the last segment. We're here with the Wright family. They are miners down here in, or Braxton is a coal miner down here in Brookwood, Alabama. Hayden is, uh, the, auxiliary president for one of the locals down here and um so we've been talking about we've been talking about this strike been talking about being a coal miner being a coal mining family uh and 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 the community down here and and let's let's touch on some more of the community and and what this company has done because one of the one of the things that i think underscores the value of in this situation, the value of union work in a community is the fact that y'all know what the heck you're doing. Uh, y- uh, Braxton, you and your brothers and sisters down in the mines, y'all know what you're doing. And that is illustrated by the fact that these scabs that they have bust in here that are not from this community, that are making, that they're paying these scabs more than they were paying y'all to do the work. The scams that they, they have not had the training that you have had. They are not from this community. They do not know nor care about anybody here. They are taking y'all's jobs out from under you, making more because uh, because y'all are out on strike and the company's just trying to rub it in your face. And what has happened? 
What has happened is that the river near here is now black with coal refuse, with coal pollution from the mines. That simply did not happen when we had union miners down 2,000 feet below the surface of the earth because y'all knew what you were doing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they were warned beforehand that the the dam needed work, and uh, I think MSHA actually uh, commented on it, and they just didn't seem to care. And uh, now it's running off into another runoff, and uh, it's supposed to be cleared before it hits the creek. But uh, ADEM seems to always be on the company side. They say that they're they're fully under their permit, and that was a closed case, you know. But uh. Yeah, this company here just, they don't care about anything. You're talking about a lot of the scabs. A lot of the scabs work with Jack Richardson at all the mines that he worked at before. Most of them are friends with him and came down with him and just to bust the union. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's what they wanted to do from day one when Jack Richardson come in and took over and with Walt Scheller. Walt Scheller all come from a lot of non-union mines and mm-hmm. uh, that's just what they, that's what they wanted. They wanted the union gone and uh, right. we're going to fight like hell to stay. Yeah, and, and you know, that's what, that's what, um, you know, obviously you and your families need, but that's what this community needs, as is evidenced by, you know, the, by the rivers. But like we've been talking about all the last 24 hours and like we touched on today, you know, uh, Cecil was talking about how, you know, think about there's $120,000 over five years missing from just one person's paychecks. How many, how many cars is that going to buy when you start talking about, uh, multiplying that by a thousand how many cars is that going to buy from the local dealership how many meals is that going to buy from the local restaurant how many uh nights out is that going to buy for the young men and women who are still dating and still having fun on the weekends going to bars and stuff how you know i mean this is this is money that is going into the local economy and that is money that has been sucked out from the local economy and sent straight to new york and wall street for these investment folks who are already rich who are already millionaires and billionaires and uh, they ain't doing the work. Yeah, that, that's right. And I know it might be off topic here, but uh, Walt and Jack used to have kind of a, a gag going on of who uh, spent the most on landscaping, and both of them were spending over $100,000 a year on landscaping. Wow. I mean, just, and then laugh at us, you know, when we ask for more, say we don't deserve what we get, more or less something else. You know, it's just, it's just pitiful. Well, and, and one of the, the the lowest foremen that y'all have, my understanding is that y'all, that they have been getting the lowest supervisors in those mines that y'all have to train, that they don't know how to do these jobs. The union workers are having to train their bosses on how to boss them around. You know, I mean, that, that just goes to show that, that they are not needed simply as a matter of fact, they are not needed. Well, that's classic management. Oh, of course. Um, they they are getting thirty thousand dollar bonuses every March, and this fellow that I talked to yesterday, he's been down in the mines for going on near thirty years, and he says he'd do good to get sixty thousand in a year, yeah. given given half his salary to the lowest supervisors who he had to train. Yep. Yeah, it's it's pitiful. I mean, you know, I'm not very good at talking. Y'all have to excuse me. I'm not used to the camera. <laughs> But, uh, no, yeah, you're it's doing just, great, uh, brother. I said it's just pitiful. It's a uh, just the way they treat us. I mean, they just lack of respect, no care whatsoever. I mean, uh, and so some of the bosses talking about a thirty thousand dollar bonus. It wasn't, but a couple of years ago they were getting forty thousand dollars every quarter, mm. and uh, that come from two of the bosses, Miles herself. But uh, yes, it's just. Right. Oh, of course. Of yeah. course. And, and you know, Cecil was talking about how um, there wasn't no um, there wasn't no necessity on the company that they had to hire back the union workers after they went bankrupt. But they kept their entire board of directors and the CEO who made the company go bankrupt. Right. Under the you know, under under the kind of, uh, you know, logic of the system that we live in. These are the these were the leaders of the companies and they made it go bankrupt. They got to keep their jobs without taking pay cuts and they forced all sorts of nonsense on y'all and your families and your communities. And uh, and, and they're not having to pay for it a lick. I mean, this. I mean, it, I mean, they ought to be in jail, frankly. Uh, back before the bankruptcy, they had to liquidate cash on hand. They give all the frontline supervisors a five hundred dollar bonus, 
while Walt got a $500,000 bonus weeks before they filed bankruptcy. Wow. Uh, imagine getting a half million dollar bonus before uh, b- before you file bankruptcy because you're filing bankruptcy. I mean, that's a, a half million dollar reward for making a company go bankrupt. Yeah, for running a company in the ground. That I mean, that's that you know, and and, and I just want to like just just think about that and then think to yourself like, is this system fair? People like to talk about a free market. People like to talk about you're going to get what you deserve if you work hard. You're going to make a lot of money. Like we are illustrating for you. The lived experiences of these coal miners down in Alabama, we are giving you uh, facts and statistics about how that is simply not the case. And the only way, the best way to make that closer to the case, you know, people talk about union workers being lazy and getting too much or whatever, and that's simply not true. The the only way that I see for us to, as a country, as a society, move towards a place where people get what they deserve, where if you work hard, you make more money, where, uh, where, where people are paid for what they're worth, is by increasing unionization, is by organizing all of the unorganized industries, by keeping the organized industries organized, by making sure that y'all still have your jobs as union mine workers, by y'all winning this strike, by y'all proving as a a proof test, as a proof case to your community that not only is it possible to be union, but it's good and it works. Yes, I mean... I said it, it's kept a lot of people, a lot of jobs through the years, provided a lot of you know good lives, and then Walt Scheller come in and everything just went downhill from there. Uh, and I said and this new contract is just completely ridiculous. So, uh, Under the old company, the leadership stayed the same. They went bankruptcy, same people. Same people in power, but they have a race. So you have ones like Kelly Gant there doing negotiations, saying that they want to starve us out. When she's making over a million dollars a year, that's not counting stocks. That's not counting stocks. But I can tell you on Easter when she's posting with her family, them all eating dinner, them at church, which I don't know how she feels about that, the way she's talking and doing about the guys. You know where we were on Easter? He wasn't on the line, but we went out there. We took our kids out there. That's where a lot of families had their Easter, was out there on the lines just to try to get decent pay. Our guys normally aren't even get to be home with us on holidays. But yet you have these ones making millions of dollars that are with their family every holiday, every weekend, when they'd have nothing if our men weren't underground giving it to them. So that is one thing that you're talking about somebody making millions of dollars that's talking to our guys in the negotiations like they have nothing. But what she needs to realize is that she wouldn't have a job if these guys hadn't built this company. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, that's, you know, I, I just don't understand how, you know, you mentioned, like, you don't understand how she can go to church and, and how, like, the, 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 the building doesn't fall in. I, I mean, seriously, how do you, and, 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 and I understand, talking to people who have been privy to the negotiations, that she doesn't reckon y'all are worth what you get now. No. She said it. She has said it in negotiations that she thought they deserved less. I mean, could, the, the least, like, y- y'all are the worst compensated group of union coal miners in the country. In the country. Right. And she doesn't reckon that y'all get paid low enough. Right. She has no idea. She was a secretary before. She's basically a glorified secretary now, making millions of dollars, handling negotiations about a company and business. She has actually no idea what these guys do underground, because I can guarantee you she's never been down there and seen anything. Oh, of course. And of course, know, she's sitting in an office. Right. And you think about that that show, um, what what was it? Uh, um, Undercover Boss. That's, right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's another illustration of just how silly the idea that hard work is rewarded in this because in that in that you know in that that show that undercover boss show these CEOs multi-million multi-billion dollar CEOs will go in and they literally have got 
No idea. No clue. They couldn't, they, you know, the restaurant CEOs couldn't wait a table if their life depended on it. Coal mining CEOs certainly couldn't mine a ton of coal if their life depended right. on it. And the only reason the bosses and scabs are running now is because these guys had trained them to begin with. Yeah. So they don't recognize that if these guys wouldn't have even trained them, they'd have no idea what to do. And I guarantee mm -hmm. it can't be being done safely. Well, it's not being done safely. It's not being done responsibly. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's just, and they're paying them more than they paid you, just just as a big middle finger right. to y'all. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't understand it. Like Adam said, it is hard to be in a position of manis, management and keep your soul. Um, I, I really believe that is true. Uh, you know, Hayden, we're coming up on the end of this segment. Yep. Braxton, have y'all got any closing thoughts for the listeners uh, of this station? I'd like to say one thing. Once a scab, always a scab. And you'll always be a scab as long as you're here. And when you leave, you'll be a scab. There you go. And this is America, and we've got a right to call a scab a scab. That's right. That's right. Hayden, have you got any closing thoughts for us? I just want everybody to know that we could really use everyone's support. We appreciate what everyone is doing, getting the word out. Local media's pretty much been silenced. We all know why and how that happened. Mm -hmm. So we're depending on everyone to come together, share it on social media. If you can't donate, that's fine. Come by and give us a honk if you're local. The guys on the line, they'd love to see people honk and wave. And we're going to be here fighting one day longer, and we're going to make Warrior Met be the company that they ought to be. Because we're going to fight for it, and we're ready to be here for the long call. Hayden, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, so, folks, you are listening to the Valley Labor Report's Marathon Mine Worker Strike fundraising stream. Just an update on the fundraiser. We are sitting at 55000 almost $800, $55,000, almost $800. So we only need about $200 more until we get to 56000 only two hundred more dollars till we get to fifty six thousand. So how do you donate? You go to the valleylaborreport.org, you go to our sections tab, and you go to mutual aid, and you'll be able to find a, a PayPal link to um, to be able to donate, and that's gonna help these folks stay out on the picket line for as long as they need to. Gonna help them stay out on the picket line as long as they need to because we want to support them and we want them to be able to stand out on the picket line as long as they need to because we don't want them to feel like they have to take a crap contract, uh, because they need to feed their families. We want to make sure they're taken care of while they are negotiating this contract, while, um, while Warrior Met is being obstinate and disrespectful and, and really frankly just terrible people to these coal miners. Uh, so folks, make sure you keep listening. Me and Adam are going to wrap this thing up on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report. And, and hey, we're in the 24th hour of this thing. We're going to keep going for at least 24 more hours. So make sure you're following us on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook at the Valley you're Labor Report. To the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. All right, folks. Good morning. Good morning. The Valley Labor Report is still with you. Uh, we're going over 24 hours strong. Uh, we just wrapped up a fantastic interview with the Wright family, uh, really giving some firsthand testimony on what life is like on the picket line right now uh, from the coal miner perspective and from the auxiliary perspective, which is the coal miner's wife uh, and her sisters who have banded together to support their, their husbands and, and families out there on strike. So it's been it's been really informative and really just enlightening to hear from the Wright family this morning. Uh, before that, if you missed it, we had the international president of UMWA to give us a little bit of background about this contract, how we ended up in a strike down here in Brookwood, Alabama. And one of the important things that he said that I want to make sure uh, everyone heard that this contract, this crappy contract uh, that we've been talking so much about, uh, really was imposed as part of the bankruptcy process. Once the company entered bankruptcy, and of course, keep in mind, you know, the exec cut himself a $500,000 bonus uh, right before going to bankruptcy. 
once they took it to bankruptcy, it sort of uh, nullified the collective bargaining process and the union representation process. You know, so the courts sort of took over and left the labor law behind and put them in a whole new scenario. So that that's something that maybe has been lost in these conversations. I wanted to make sure we, we emphasize that here in our last segment, that this wasn't something these guys, you know, took on because they weren't strong enough or they, you know, took a bad vote. Uh, this was a really a, a terrible situation they were faced with. You know, do they give up jobs or do they accept, you know, this contract coming out of this bankruptcy process, which really resulted in uh, severe cuts to their their standard of living, not just in straight up wages and benefits, but uh, clearly life and the way they are treated, the time they have for their families. Uh, it's really disgusting the way this company has treated these folks. And that's why it is so important that all of us here in Alabama and across the country that we support these miners. As long as they need to be on the picket line, we need them to know that we have their back. Yeah, absolutely. That that's exactly right, Adam. And you know, I've I've appreciated them letting us just totally colonize their union hall. We're <laughs> we've got stuff strode all over the place. Uh, you know, in there's closets. at least a thousand cords and cables. There's a thousand cords. We're all over. I I have taken over their refrigerator. Um, we we have just. You know, we have just uh, camped out here, uh, and we're going to keep camping out here um, over the next uh, next couple of days at least, or, or the next day at least. Um, and and you know, I, I appreciate that. I've enjoyed being able to stay with them, them opening their house to us. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're, we're going to close it out on on kind of a high note. Uh, we're coming up on the end of the on the end of this show, and. You know, I want folks up in Huntsville to know that there is a concert um, that's happening right here at the UMWA local 2397 uh, Union Hall parking lot. Okay, and uh, it has got the first performances since the pandemic began from all of our performers. That is Lee Baines and the Glory Fires, and I've just seen him poke his head in. Uh, <laughs> Drew Morgan and DJ Lewis are going to give us a comedy set. Mike Cooley from the Drive-By Truckers is going to perform for us. All of them, this is their first live performance since the pandemic hit, and they are doing it free for these striking mine workers. Uh, so we are so happy to have their support. Uh, we are so happy to have them out here. Uh, and and, and um, admission is 20 bucks for everybody except miners, and miners get in for free. Um, it's going to be fun. Uh, we're uh, we're slated to start at noon. We'll probably what's going to happen is we're going to start playing a playlist of music at noon, and we're going to start handing out food at noon. And the music is probably going to start round about 12:30 or one. So if you're in Huntsville and you're hearing me right now, you can make it to the performances if you get in your car right now and head on down to Brookwood. I'm I understand if you don't want to head on down to Brookwood right now, though, uh, you should still donate to them. We are less than $200 away from $56,000. $56,000. We are less than $200 away from that. So why don't you uh, donate to them? Uh, you can go to the valleylaborreport.org. Under our sections tab, go to mutual aid and donate to their uh, uh, make sure that you donate to their uh, uh, to their strike fund on our mutual aid page. Um, and uh, uh, and if you don't want to come down to Brookwood, you'll be able to listen to it on our YouTube stream. That will be part of our marathon live stream. We're not going to miss this concert. We're going to set our microphones up in front of the amps. We're going to set our camera up. Uh, might set our might set our camera up where you can hear them. I'm not sure if we'll be able to swing that where you can see them. Might set our camera up where you can see them. We're gonna set our mics up where you can hear them though. Somehow we're gonna get that figured out here in the next hour, uh, and and you should be able to hear it over the. <laughs> we do things on the fly here. This is live radio. Um, <laughs> so um, you know, folks, we. 
it is three more minutes of live radio, and then after that, uh, if uh, like I said, y'all, we have this is our 24th hour of doing this thing. We have been broadcasting on the YouTubes for 24 hours, and we're going to keep broadcasting on the YouTubes until 4 p.m. tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock, we're going to have a church service led by Reverend Gregory Bentley. He's got a couple other a uh, couple other preachers. He's going to have us a church choir. We're going to have church over here. Uh, it's going to be good. So, uh, so you know, if you don't are not able to make it out to the concert, you can make it out to that. And, uh, you know, donate, donate, donate. And if you can't donate, then find us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and share the live stream. Uh, share the link to donate so that people can know uh, how they can support these striking mine workers, these striking Alabamians who are just trying to make a better life for themselves, their families, and their communities. Adam, I reckon I'm about out. Okay, well, I mean, it's been over 24 hours, so if we were at all coherent, that is an accomplishment today. <laughs> yeah, if we, were, if we were lucid at all during this, I, I count that as a victory. We are running on caffeine and the spirit of solidarity That's at this right. point. Uh, not much sleep, uh, but it's really been a, an honor to get to know some of these miners and hear their stories, and we hope that you have enjoyed that and learned a little bit so far. Uh, if you're listening on FM radio, please switch over to YouTube. Uh, stay tuned for the rest of today. We have this great, great set coming up. Uh, but we have just a lot of great stuff happening between now and tomorrow afternoon. And mm-hmm. excited about Reverend Bentley uh, from our neck yeah. of the woods driving down here, a friend of the show. Uh, I know he's going to have a great sermon for us to kind of tie everything together. Yeah. So it's just it's been a great experience, and I'm I'm thrilled to see this amount of money uh, being raised by people, you know, right here in Sweet Home, Alabama, and also all over the world. We've and had comments from Japan, Finland, you name it. Yeah, and you know, Adam, you mentioned this yesterday that this is not. We have not raised fifty-six thousand dollars nearly from. Uh, you know, a few big donations. We have raised $56,000 from $20 donation here, from a $40 donation there, from a $10 donation and a $5 donation. The largest donation that we have had is one uh, $500 donation. We have had two or three $200 donations, and we've had a couple dozen $100 donations. Everything else has been $10, 20 30 $40. I mean, this is, this is just working folks helping working folks, and $56,000 over the course of a day. I mean, that is, that is not bad. That's what solidarity can do for you. That's right. So it's been a great show. It's going to be a great day. Stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. Reporting live from Brookwood, Alabama, all the power to the workers. One day longer, one day stronger. No contract, no coal. One day longer, one day stronger. No contract, no coal. One day longer, one day stronger. No contract, no coal. One day longer, one day stronger.